0: Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. One evening many years ago now, while serving as a volunteer chaplain for a local hospital, I was called and asked if I might visit with a man who was on the tail end of a rather lengthy hospital stay. This was not a member of my congregation, so we'd never met, and I was told very little about his situation. In fact, all I really had was a name and a room number. So you can imagine my curiosity and also my concern when I got to the room and saw several signs posted on the hospital room door, the largest of which read, Please, do not enter before checking with the nurse's station. When I did just that, the charge nurse politely told me that before I could go inside, I had to be properly attired with scrubs, a surgical mask, hair net, latex gloves, the, the little booties that go over your shoes. Friends, short of a hazmat suit, it was pretty much the whole setup. And then, the nurse said, before you go, make sure you put all the hospital scrubs you're wearing into that disposal bag. I'll admit, I was beginning to wonder a bit at what it was I was about to encounter. What kind of illness did this man have, anyway? Should I be worried? Do I shake his hand, or do I keep my distance? I asked the nurse if there was anything I should know before going into this room. Oh, it's not something you need to be that concerned about, she said. Just an infection. I'm sure you understand we have to be cautious. Just an infection, I thought. Seemed like an awful lot of concern for just an infection. Nonetheless, without knowing what to expect, and somehow expecting the worst, into the room I stepped. The patient turned out to be a bright and talkative older gentleman who was simply fed up at having been cooped up in that room for so long and wanted, needed, somebody new to talk to. To be honest, he really didn't even seem all that sick to me. And as I said something to that effect to him, the man replied in a stage whisper for the benefit of the nurse who was working nearby, Well, I'm hoping these people will let me out of here pretty soon. To which the nurse Barely looking up from her charts, replied, Well, if we can keep you from catching any more infections, you might be able to go. And that's when it hit me. All this caution and cleanliness, it wasn't for my benefit. It was for his. Here I was, quietly worried that I might be catching something here, but in truth it was me who was the potential carrier of infection. Come to find out, I was the unclean one. I've thought a lot about that experience. In fact, these days, I think about it just about every time I have to be screened at a doctor's office for potential exposure to COVID-19 or when I have to put on a mask just to go into the grocery store for a minute or two, (laughs) truly. Whereas a good measure of medical concern was not so long ago advisable, now in these days of pandemic, it's required legally and otherwise. But my memory of that experience goes beyond the current spread of coronavirus. I actually find myself thinking about all the different ways we so easily isolate and marginalize people, and do so out of our own ignorance, our uncertainty, and above all, our fear. I think about how it must feel when you realize that you've been pushed away and made to be an outcast because of that. And I think about how Very loving and liberating it is when somebody reaches out through the isolation to encounter you and touch you where you are. Despite the fact that all the precautions, albeit one's temporary in nature, were taken for his own protection, this man I met had nonetheless been feeling very isolated and was grateful for any conversation. Although, as I recall him saying to me at the time, It's hard to have a conversation with someone when you see so very little of them beyond their hospital garb. How much more difficult it must be for those who, in so many ways and for so many reasons, have to deal with isolation every day of their lives. It seems to me that as disciples of Jesus Christ, part of our call is to break through life's boundaries. Boundaries created, yes, by the pandemic, but also boundaries created through culture, tradition, acceptability, propriety, so much more. Breaking through these boundaries for the sake of reaching out in love to those who are isolated from life's joys and its blessings. The writer Elizabeth O'Connor said it very well. She said that reaching out to the outcast is the most creative and difficult work to which any of us will ever be called. And yet, this is the call of every Christian, and, I might add, of the Christian community as a whole. In whatever form our ministry takes and however we gather, at the end of the day, Our mission as the Church is always to embody the relentless and unchanging love of God that seeks to invite people in rather than shut them out. And lest we wonder how this can be accomplished, remember we have a model for this in Jesus himself, a Savior who crosses all of our boundaries, who reaches out into the very depths so that our lives may be transformed and our hope restored. For me, one of the great joys of being a pastor has always been to witness what happens when God's love gets through and the well-built borders we've constructed around ourselves as persons and as a people start to crumble. Back in the days before COVID-19, I saw it happen time and time again. In places like Sunday school, at church potlucks, or even during those delightfully unscripted moments of joy and wonder, that unfold during morning worship. All times when we all end up acting and learning like children in the best sense of that. And make no mistake, I need to add here, I've seen it also in these months of pandemic when our worship and work as a church has had to be done remotely. I see it happen through phone calls, by the delivery of goodie bags to friends and neighbors, in the effort to reach out to neighbors and friends who really we barely know. And yet who we understand as people of faith, that their struggles are our struggles. As a pastor, I have borne witness to God breaking through amidst life's most impossible circumstances. In the loss of a job, a serious illness or family crisis, at the funeral for a loved one. Those blessed moments when the hope and support you need the most flows in abundance from people who have surrounded you in love. Inevitably, one of the things that you begin to notice in moments such as these is that suddenly there's no division anymore in terms of gender or generation, economics, or background. You notice that this previously random group of individuals have by grace and through love become no less than the people of God. One of my all-time favorite worship songs is one called Part of the Family written by Jim Manley. If you've been in our worship at East Church, odds are you know the chorus because we sing this a lot. Come in. Come in and sit down. You are a part of the family. We are lost and then we are found and we are a part of the family. It's a great song and one that I've always felt fits the personality and utter inclusiveness that drives the particular church family that I'm a part of these days. But more than this, it reflects an incredible truth that what makes us family is God. God drawing us together in love and touching us with a spirit that welcomes us, heals us, and makes us whole. And that, friends, is what makes all the difference. So in these days, whether we're amidst the pews in the sanctuary or whether we've gathered across the bandwidth of the internet, our call from God is clear in either case, to come in and worship and answer the call. For we are a part of the family. And that's it for this episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening, and I thank you for being a part of this online family. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.